Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. We're going to jump right into this word and put the timer on. I want to uh, be mindful of your time. I think sometimes I have the Miles Monroe anointing. I want to stay all day. Dr. Miles Monroe used to preach for three hours. <laughs> oh, somebody said, oh, no. <laughs> Gee, thank you. Thank you for that encouragement. <laughs> he, he really did used to teach that long, but it didn't seem like it was that long, though. <laughs> All right, Sister Aretha, go quote the scripture on y'all. <laughs> Let me stop. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for this time to minister the word of God to your people. I pray none of me but all of you. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Grant unto me, your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Make my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. May I speak your word with boldness and clarity. I step into that, those two offices as a teacher and a pastor. May I flow out of that grace. Thank you for miracles today, signs and wonders. Thank you for healings and deliverance and clarity and understanding. And we give your name glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's pray for Tashandi. She's, she's in urgent care. Let's lift her up, Tashandi, and her husband, Dave. Father God, we lift up Tashandi before you, Father. We speak the word of God over her body. In the name of Jesus, we speak life to her body. Uh, Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. I thank you, Father, we come against any attacks against her body. In the name of Jesus. Father, you know what's going on in her body, and I thank you for giving the doctors and, and nurses and nurse techs and those um, wisdom and understanding. I thank you. I speak life to her body. She'll live and not die. I thank you that which is inside of her live and not die in Jesus' name, and I thank you for peace, and, and, and I thank you for surrounding her with faith and love. I thank you, Father, for, for giving her overwhelming peace, the God kind of peace in Jesus' name. And I thank you for causing her body to line up with 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes she is healed. And I thank you that no weapon formed against her or her family shall prosper. I thank you, Father, for peace. I thank you that she's rooted and grounded in the word of God. Holy Spirit, rise up within her and remind her of that word that has been planted in her from a little girl. I thank you that that word comes forth and it stands against the attacks. And I thank you that she'll stand in this day and she'll have a testimony next week. I thank you, Father. We worship. Come on, let's worship God for our sister. We thank you, Father. We thank you for protecting her. We thank you for watching over her. Thank you for watching over your word to perform it in her life. In Jesus' name, I thank you that the weapons may form, but they will not prosper. And I give your name, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go right into the word. We've been talking about developing the human spirit. Um, this, today's uh, focus will be the lost art or the lost discipline of meditation. Everybody say the lost discipline of meditation. 
All right. So before I get into my text, which will be Joshua 1, 8 and um, Psalm 1, as well as 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, we're going we're to be reminded of some truths. So if you have your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. Someone will make sure you get one. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. When you got it, say, I got it. Thank you for the one I got it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this scripture lets us know that we are a three-part being. We, you are a what? You have a what? And you live in what? Let's say it again. You, ha you are a? You have a? And you live in a? Okay, you are a three-part being. That's who you are, the science of you, spirit, soul, and body. So let me just take some time to break this down before we go into our text. We are spirit beings. It's not just that we have a spirit. We are a spirit. And there's some scriptural references. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to show you from scripture that we are a spirit being. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And let's look at um, verses 14 and 16. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 14 through 16. It says this. This is a wonderful prayer that you can pray for yourself and, of course, pray, pray this prayer for me. For this reason, King James says, for this cause, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Notice that we're named after the Father. That's good news, right? Um, the word Father means source. It's where we get our identity from. You get your identity in a normal, regular, you know, biblical Christian household, the father um, in this society, in our culture, in the different cultures is different in different countries. But in this society, um, the, you take on the name of the husband that you marry, right? Um, and the father gives their identity, uh, gives the children their identity. And so we take on the name in a normal situation, in a biblical situation, you take on the name of the father, right? Whatever the father's last name, that's your name in our society. Now, in other countries, it may be a little bit different. And so here, verse 16, it says, 15, it says, From whom every family in heaven and earth and on earth is named. So we're named after the father. The father is what we get our source. In Hebrews, it actually says that God is the father of spirits. He's the father of spirits. So... He created, when he creates humanity, he creates them spirit, soul, and body. Let's look at verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your what? Inner being. Another word for spirit is your inner being. Notice that's a powerful scripture, right? How many need some strength? Some spiritual strength. 
Why do we need strength? Because there are attacks of the enemy. And the Bible says in Ephesians 6, having done all to stand, stand therefore. And it says that the, the enemy will use the wiles or the schemes um, to come against us. And we're to stand against. But we need supernatural strength. So Paul is praying for this church that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So this is another way of saying spirit. Spirit, inner being, inner man. King James, I think, says inner man. So inner being is another. If I had a chalkboard, I would write inner being. All right, so let's go to the next scripture proving that we are spirit beings. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 4. Here we go. It says, do not let your adoring, adorning be external, talking to specifically wives, the braiding of hair and the putting on gold, jewelry, or the clothing that you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable, imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Notice this. This is let your adorning be the what? Hidden person. So now... Paul refers to your spirit as what? Inner man, inner being, and Peter refers to as what? The hidden person. So you are a spirit being. That's the part of you that's hidden. That's the part of you that is not seen. And so here Peter is instructing the saints, specifically wives, don't let your external be your identity, but let God, let, let your inner man or your hidden man be clothed with the beauty of his glory, right? I'm just, that's paraphrasing. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I just, want, I just want to prove to you that we are spirit beings. And the Bible has much to say about our spirits. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And let's look at verses 13 through 16. When you got it, say, I got it. Okay, thank you for the two I got it. It says, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret, right? For if I pray in a tongue, what happens? Who's praying? My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the, in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? So here, the Apostle Paul is saying that if you pray in tongues, it is your spirit that's praying. And we demonstrated last week, I, did a, I pulled a Michael Todd, we demonstrated of, of, of the, hum, the human spirit praying and as the, Holy, as the human spirit is praying, you are praying in tongues. So the Holy Spirit gives your spirit utterance and your, you, do the, you, you pray in tongues. So when you pray in tongues, 
your spirit is praying. Amen. Amen. Now, you can pray in your native tongue in, from your spirit. That same place that where tongues come from, your, 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 you can pray from your heart, and you can pray in English or whatever your native tongue is. You can pray that by your spirit. There's some spirit-filled and spirit-led prayers. You have to get to that place. You have to develop your spirit where, where your spirit and your tongue are connected. This is what praying in tongues. So whenever I pray, I've prayed for hundreds, if not thousands of people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. And as I led them into this prayer of the infilling, um, I've seen hundreds and perhaps thousands speak in other tongues. The supernatural part of tongues is not tongues itself, but it's the utterance. Okay? Sometimes people make a big deal out of tongues, and we should make some kind of emphasis on tongues because the Bible does, but the supernatural part of tongues is God, the Holy Spirit gives you utterance to your spirit. So your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives your spirit utterance and your spirit prays. And when your spirit prays, tongues come out most of the time. Are you with me? So as I pray in tongues, it supersedes my mind and comes from my spirit to my tongue. So if I can get a person to get out of their mind, right, for a second, and to pray from the inner being, then they can pray in tongues. I prayed for, I had the wonderful opportunity of praying for my great grand, I mean my grandmother, who's home with Jesus now. Her name was uh, Miss Levita. And Miss Levita, I was in Bible college and I was this radical, skinny little dude. And I wanted everybody, I still do, want everybody to get saved and feel. And I said, Grandma, you need to speak in tongues. All right, son, pray for me. And so I prayed for her. And she went off in tongues. My Baptist pastor didn't tell me about this. <laughs> and I prayed for hundreds of people the same way. I prayed for my cousin. As many of y'all will meet her in a couple of weeks. I prayed for her over the phone. She was addicted to marijuana. She was addicted to cigarettes, Newports. And I prayed. She got saved. And, but she did not speak in tongues yet. And I, I instructed her and prayed for her. And she started praying in tongues over the phone. She dropped the phone and just went into tongues. And at that, that, that time, it would cost money for every minute. I said, I'll call you back <laughs> because this is costing me. And I'm a college student. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. And so I'll call you back. My little job at Red Lobster will not pay for this bill. <laughs> so I'll call you back. And she prayed in tongues for the next hour. And then she called me back. Whoa, that's power. <laughs> so I'm telling you, so when you pray in tongues, it is your, really your spirit praying. Now, sometimes people pray in the flesh while praying in tongues. How is that possible? When it's out of order. So when you're in a service and, um, and I'm preaching and somebody shouts up, in a minute, and interrupted my sermon, um, that's out of order. That's in the flesh. That doesn't edify anybody but that person. Right? Holy Spirit is still working. Holy Spirit is probably praying, Lord, get that person back in order. <laughs> um, you don't go around to your job 
and you and, and you're in a, in a meeting with your boss. Out of order. You'll get fired. You'll be you'll be locked up. We have somewhere to go. <laughs> Got to get the elders to pray, come and pray for you. Get you delivered from those demons that's telling you speaking tongues in that meeting. Um, you can speak in tongues all day, but just do it under your breath. Hey, hey, my God, sister, um, big sister in Christ, Debbie Turner, Bell. Now, um, when she was she was going from Miss America, she um, she was doing the little wave, and she was praying in tongues. And she and then Lord exalted her, and she became Miss America, and um, and so. When your spirit prays, you pray in tongues. Now, you can develop your spirit in a place where you begin to pray from your spirit. And that's what it's called, praying in the spirit. And you pray supernaturally. Some people call it prophetic prayers. Everybody's want to be prophetic, but instead of they're pathetic. <laughs> um, um, they, they want to be deep. You don't have to be that deep. You can pray from your heart and you can pray for some things. Sometimes I tap, I tap into it here when we are doing corporate prayer. So you want to develop that, develop learning how to pray from your spirit. Okay, those are some of the, some of the scriptures dealing with your spirit. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Is this okay? Yeah. What if you said no? What would I do? Keep on preaching. <laughs> I don't know why preachers even do that. Is this okay? <laughs> what if someone like, no, it's not. <laughs> do you stop? Um, Hebrews chapter 4. And, you know, sometimes I say, are you getting anything out of this? And we're like, yeah. What if somebody said no? <laughs> uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and let's look at verse 12. For the word of God is living and active. How many know the word of God is not dead? Amen. This book is alive. It's a well. And sometimes we talk about reading the Bible, but let the Bible read you. <laughs> let it grab you. Instead of you grabbing it, let it grab you. Let the, let that, let the Word of God be exciting to you. you. You can get more out of your Bible reading than you have been, you know? Don't look at it as a, tour, a task or a duty. Oh, i got to read the Bible. i got to read my chapter for the day. Oh, it's such a burden to read the Bible. Listen, you can miss out on all the benefits. What are some of the benefits of reading the Bible? It renews your mind. It helps you to know the will of God. I mean, you know, sometimes people want the will of God without reading the will of God. All right, let's stop there. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I may know that a sword, two-edged sword will cut you, um, piercing the division of soul and what? And of the spirit, of joints and of marrows, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God will cut you and it will heal you. It will, it will rip stuff out of you and it will put something in you. It will snatch the, un, the, uh, the stinking thinking and will give you some renewed thinking. Amen. That word of God will make you uncomfortable and bring you comfort at the same time. That's good news. So, it's, it, but, it, but I want to bring out the fact that it divides the spirit and the soul. It has the ability to let us know what is from the spirit and what's from the soul. 
We're not to just pray from the soul. Soulish prayers are fleshly prayers. But spirit-filled prayers are from God. Spirit-led prayers. So learning how to pray from your spirit, learning how to walk by your spirit. Now let's go to um, Romans chapter 1, verse 9. I'm almost finished with this. Romans chapter 1, verse 9. Romans chapter 1, verse 9. Let's go. It says this. Paul is saying how he serves God. He says, for God is my witness whom I serve with my what? In the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you. Always in my prayers and so forth. And so here Paul is saying, I serve God with my spirit. Your spirit connects you with God. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Sometimes people are trying to worship and serve God in the flesh. Right? Um, let me, and I believe in dancing in the spirit, but let me dance to get him to come. Or let me shout. Let me make some noise. Ah! How many know God can come quickly just like you send a prayer underneath your breath? Hold on, I need your help. Just like you help! Like, it doesn't matter how loud or how soft you are. So, it's not, so God is not moved by how loud you are or how quiet you are. Sometimes we think the louder the praise, the more glory we have. It could be very soft. Sometimes you need that glory to come on your job. I worship you. I need your help. They're throwing a lot at me, and I don't understand this. Give me wisdom. Lord, help me. Help me to clean unto your glory. Help me to help them to sense your presence. Help me to serve you in this job with excellence. And he'll help you. Are you dealing with some kids? Lord, help me. Just, just to understand, Lord. How can I get to them? They don't understand fractions. Lord, you know how you, you give me wisdom. How to help break down the fractions. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, help me to teach them how to read. Yeah. Oh, God, help me to dethrone television and the, the iPhone and, and the iPads and the tablets, God. Oh, God, oh, help me, help me, give me wisdom. But it's so much easier to give them that so they can be entertained and I don't have to instruct them. But then the Lord show you that you're allowing the, elect the, uh, the electronics to be there, to parent them. And then later, years later, you wonder why they're the way they are. Because you allow someone else to do what you were supposed to do. Or I was supposed to do. I'm guilty. <laughs> it's so much easier. Just huh, take this. <laughs> I can do what I want to do. I mean, the television. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Familiar scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Quickly. The time is getting away. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many people are in Christ this morning? I see a bunch of people in Christ. How many are in Adam, the old Adam? <laughs> if you are, we go, you can get saved today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you're either in Christ or you're in Adam, Right? Um, Christ is the second and last Adam. So what Adam failed to do, Christ did. I just preached the whole message. 
Where, where Adam failed, Christ took up the slack and did and accomplished. Adam was supposed to do what Jesus did. Jesus did only those things which pleased the Father. And if Adam, if Adam had obeyed God completely, we, won't, we wouldn't have a sin problem. And what Satan did in Adam, God did greater in Jesus. Glory to God. All right. That's freebie. If anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So when you get born again, what's beca what becomes old? It's not your, your mind. Like if you were bald before you got saved, you were bald after you got saved, right? If you had no teeth before you got saved, you have no teeth after you got saved, right? Um, if, you, if you were skinny before you got saved, you're still skinny, right? It, it, that doesn't change. Nothing physically changed about you until the day of Christ. But what it changes is your spirit, man. You become brand new. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is something that never existed before. God makes you into a brand new creation. He doesn't reform you. He doesn't uh, renovate you. He makes you into a brand new person. You become brand new. I know people say, there's a song, you know, I got saved and my hands became, I looked at my hands, my hands brand new, my feet, I understand what they're trying to say, but really, you're, you're, if you got like warps on your hands, you still got warps after you get saved. I mean, that doesn't change. But your, but your inner man does. You become alive to God. God himself comes inside. That's good news. Last scripture dealing with your spirit is, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the chapter before 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. So we do not lose heart, though our what? Outer self is wasting away. Let's stop here. Your body is decaying. Every day your body is one day closer to death. You do understand that, right? You're, you know, you, you think about the skin, you know, you take showers or baths. It's just like your skin, it peels, right? So we're decaying every day. There are thousands of cells that are dying every day. So our outer man is dying. <laughs> I know we don't want to talk about that, but we're one, close, one day closer to death. When you wake up in the morning, you're one step closer to death. I want to be ready, you know. <laughs> I want to, I want, I, when I die, it's going to be like me taking my, my a glove off of my hand. Because this is a shell. I'm going I'm to I'm go and, and I'm going to look, hey, man, I look really ugly. <laughs> I thought I was the bomb in that shell. Our self is wasting away. What's going on with the new self? Well, let's take a look. And our inner self is being renewed, what? Day by day. So it doesn't necessarily get old in the sense of decaying. So listen to this. This is going to mess with your religious brains. You know how people say, oh, I need to die to self, right? You're not really dying. To, you, want to, you want to live to your inner self. You really don't die to self. That sounds religious. I just want to die to self. No, you need to crucify your flesh. Amen. Renew your mind and allow your spirit to take control. You don't die to yourself. The real you is your inner self. Don't die to that. Live to that. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. Um, 
and, and though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. It's, it's like a new charge every day. It doesn't need no batteries. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's full of energy. If we'll learn how to tap into our inner self, we'll have the energy that we need. We'll have the wisdom that we need. God uses. How does God lead us? Talk to me, saints. Through your spirit. The spirit of who? Man is the candle of the Lord. So God uses our spirits to lead us and to guide us. Sometimes people want to be led by their mind. Give me some logic. Some people want to be led by their sight. Give me a sign. I heard DMX say, give me a sign. No, don't be, don't be led by a sign. We're not to be led by signs. God, if this is you, let a red car go by. Oh, that's God. That's it. Lord, if this is you, let them offer me the job. I'm a, let's make, bring it home. Lord, if this is you, let them give me this car, finance this car. Let them pass my credit in Jesus' name. <laughs> I just spoke to all of us, right? <laughs> Lord, if this is you, Lord, let me get the house. Oh, God. Perhaps the Spirit is saying, wait, save, and believe. Oh, all right, here, we'll leave that long. Uh -huh. but, but let's not be led externally. Amen. Let's be led internally. Amen. Lord, don't look for a sign. Look, look for the inner peace, the inner witness, yeah. the inner leading, mm -hmm. the inner perception. Let that lead you and not the external. We walk by what? Yeah. And not by... So you're not to be led by, your feelings are not to lead you. Um, your faith is to di dictate to how you should feel. We, we walk by this faith. We live by, we govern ourselves according to our faith. All right, let's continue. Verse 17, for the light momentary, momentary affliction is preparing us for an external and eternal weight of glory beyond our comprehension or comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transit, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the things that we don't see are eternal. What is it that we don't see? We don't see our, our spirit. That's eternal. Your body is not eternal. You see that every day. Your mind is not, not um. Your mind, you don't see your mind. You can see your brain, but not your mind. And then as Minister Cleveland said, what is your conscience? Your conscience is what? The voice of who? Your spirit. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. And you can trust your conscience when your spirit is governed by the word and the faith of God. Amen? Your conscience is a safeguard, a safe place. If it's governed by the word. All right. Let's stop there. All right. That was my intro. Go, to, go with me to Joshua chapter 1. I, I, I won't be before you long. Oh, Jesus. I got to go. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. <clears throat> the lost discipline of meditation. Now, when sometimes people think of meditation... What do they think about? Eyes closed. Get on your knees, please. 
um, like Indian style. <clears throat> Indian style, you're skinnier than I am. All right, so when people think about meditation, this is what they think about meditation, right? <laughs> hum, hum. Oh, hip hop. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, so when people think of meditation, that's what they think about, right? As Christians, oh, who told you to get up? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, you get up. Um, you need help? <laughs> All right. Um, so when people think about meditation, that's what they think about. They think about somebody on their knees. But Bible meditation is different. Let's take a look at this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. <clears throat> this book of the law shall not depart from your what? Your mouth. Didn't, didn't we say that your mouth got you into the salvation? And your mouth is going to get, be the key to access your, all of your salvation? Your mouth is a major part of your salvation. What's to the person who can't speak? God accommodates them. Okay? So, um, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it when? Now, does that mean that you have to read your Bible day and night? No, you can't do that because you got to live, right? It's impossible for you to read the Bible day and night unless you don't have a job. If you read the Bible, the Bible tells you to get a job. So, I mean, I mean just, hey, I'm going to meditate the word. This is, my, this is my job. And as you read the Bible, he says, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And so God says, starve. Right? So God uses your hunger to motivate a man to work. Don't interrupt that. Don't always try to feed the homeless, right, or, or the poor or the person. Let's say this more specifically. Don't always try to feed the person that's not working because you're interrupting what God is trying to do in that person. I'm, I'm talking about them deadbeat uncles and cousins and dads who are not working and always looking for some money. Now, if they're widow, you're supposed to take, we're supposed to take care of them. Right? Of a certain age, 60 plus. Um, but if, the, if they can work and you're feeding them, you are, you are interrupting the workings of God to motivate that man specifically to work. So it's not always God's will for you to go ahead and feed everybody who's hungry. Because if they can work and they're not working, let hunger motivate them to work. Mm, that's a word, right? Um, this book should not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you may carefully do to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. All right, let's, let's take a look at this. Um, the word meditation simply means to think over, to think over. It means to toss over in your mind, in your heart, to ponder. So as I meditate on God's word, I'm thinking about that word. I'm pondering it. It also means to mutter or to confess. So when I'm meditating the scriptures, I'm not only thinking about it, but I'm also speaking it. Now, confession has been misunderstood. Some people think that, let me confess what I'm believing for to others. The confession really is supposed to be between you and God. 
Now, if they ask me about my confession, I'm going to say what God says. Um, faith is not, does not deny what's happening. It denies it's right to stay. Right. That, that's, that's faith. Faith does not deny that this does not exist. That's Christian science. Mind over matter, which is error. We don't believe mind over matter. We believe that if there's a cancer there, it's a real cancer. But we, we as, as Christians and people of faith, we deny it's right to stay in our bodies. Amen. Right? By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. He, Jesus took upon himself every infirmity or the sources, the source of every sickness and disease so that I can walk in healing. Um, we don't deny poverty. We deny it's right to have any place in our lives, right? God will meet our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We deny, we don't deny depression. We deny its ability to stay in our body or in our minds. He's given me the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We don't deny mental health. We, we, we believe that we have the mind of Christ, that that mind is stronger than anything that's attacking my mind. That I have, he's not giving me the spirit of, of fear, but of power and love and what, what else? A sound mind. I have a right to a sound mind that when I'm 80, my mind won't go crazy and I'll remember things I need to remember. Amen. Holy Ghost brings all things to my remembrance. I remember my grandkids' names and I remember my great grandkids' names and I remember when I got born again and I remember when Jesus died on that cross. I remember when I got filled with the Spirit. I remember, come on now. Remember, God, God is in the, in, the, in the business of helping us to remember. The enemy is in the business of helping us to forget. That came right out of my spirit right there. Never heard that before. That's what is called utterance. God will help us to remember. And so if you have a loved one who's struggling with their mind and remembering things, remind them of the word. Let the scriptures get in them in abundance so they have what they need to fight the enemy who's trying to get them to forget. Man, that's good. That's good. I never forget this. Um, Courtney's former pastor. Her mother was dealing with um, he, her mother was dealing with some issues in her mind, and she set her mother under the word. She brought her mom to church. She played um, CDs worth of scriptures and praise and worship, and she started remembering things. Listen, you don't have to go out there. You don't have to go the way of the world. You don't have to go out crazy or a loss of mind and mental capacity. You can you can maximize. You can maximize who God made you to be. Amen. You can become what God made you to become. You can have that mind. Christ never forgot anything. He forgets our sins, but he doesn't forget our potential. He doesn't forget our future. He doesn't forget the plan and the will of God for our lives. All right. All right, here we go. And so meditation means to mutter, to ponder. It also means to focus, to focus. It, um, when we talk about confession, uh, uh, when we confess, we are meditating. Um, I'm going to say this. Meditation is a missing ingredient for many who are not seeing the manifestation of what they're believing for. Sometimes people just, let me confess, let me claim, let me speak into existence. But there's no power of meditation behind it. What happens is 
People hear a good message about faith, and they go in it. I'm going to confess this. I'm going to believe for this. And then they do it for a day, and it doesn't happen. This stuff doesn't work. It's not a formula. It's a way of life. You got to meditate on it. You got to meditate on the scriptures. It has to be rooted in your heart and your mind. If it's not there, you're just, you're just a parent. You're just speaking. You know, you ever heard somebody just speak? They, what they're saying might be true, but it, it, lacks, it lacks understanding. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? They speak in truth, but they don't understand what they're saying. It's, it's, it's an emptiness. And sometimes when people confess, oh, I believe God, by Jesus, and they try to say those things to impress me. And I'm like, you don't believe what you're saying. <laughs> you're saying all the right stuff that you think that I want to hear. That's the wrong thing you can do to me. It's to say things that you think I want to hear. I want to hear the truth. I want to hear where you are. If you're not there, you're not there. Right? Pastor, I'm miserable. I just want to die. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Now we can get you some help. <laughs> what do I need to do? Do I need to get some counselors, some therapists? or do I, What do we need to do to walk you out? All the time, like, I, I'm strong, Pastor. I'm strong. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's all good. Will Smith's song. All good. It's all good. I'm dating my age. It's all good. <laughs> and we're like, okay. They're pairs. And they'll be crying later. And they wonder why. It's not going to work. It doesn't work. You, you have, see, when the reality of death, or the, the reality of life after death is real to me. I'm going to tell you how I know. Of course, I lost two dads, a biological dad and a stepfather. And I've lost grandmothers, great-great-great-great-great-aunts. And I've lost a lot of people in my life. My entire life, death has marked my life throughout my life. I've lost people at a young age. And when everyone was grieving over my dad, the reality of eternity set in. And I felt guilty for not grieving like others because I knew he was in a better place. When you know your loved one is in a better place, you won't grieve anymore. We don't grieve like the world. I'm not saying you shouldn't miss them, but if you know they're in heaven, what better place to be? I mean, they're where I'm trying to get. Same thing with my brother. Now, the brother was kind of hard. It was like somebody ripped my heart out. But then the reality, you don't have to grieve like that. Because I, I saw the, I'm going to tell you something. I saw his last moments. How did you do that, Pastor Wayne? Somebody videotaped his last moments. And I looked at that little video clip 50 times or more. And my brother was calling on the name of Jesus. I, I, I had doubts of his salvation because he had no fruit for a long time. <laughs> and that's reality. But I'm telling you, I heard that, I listened to that, and I said, my God, maybe what mom and dad put inside of him, it came to pass. It, it was working. And I, I listened. I got my phone. I listened. And I listened. And I listened. And I got my aunt. I said, listen to this. Oh, listen to this. He's calling on Jesus. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I said, that's all I need. <laughs> I can preach this funeral now. I, I can preach this memorial. I'm okay because that homeboy called on Jesus. 
See, that's what I'm talking about. I don't have to grieve like everybody, oh, oh God needed an angel. No, he didn't need no more angels. <laughs> he made some dumb decisions and ended up going before his time. <laughs> Y'all don't, we don't want to talk about that, right? People make dumb decisions and they see an early grave, right? <laughs> right? We, we, we need to make some wise decisions. Oh, let me stop there. Um, meditation. Go to Psalm 1 and I'll, oh, let's stop here real quick. Let's go back to Joshua 1.8. So this book of the law um, shall not depart from your mouth. Let me talk about the mouth as, as it connects to meditation. Um, uh, the, the law or the word of God needs to stay in your mouth. It needs to stay in your mouth. Um, you are either speaking life or death or blessings or cursing. What's in your mouth? That's the question today. What's in your mouth? Because whatever's in your mouth is the overflow of what's in your heart. Listen, people say, well, you don't know my heart. How many have heard that people say that? You don't know my heart. But I do. If I listen to your words, I know your heart. If I hear what's in your mouth, as in the famous words of Chris, Chris Tucker, <laughs> 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 I'm thinking about rush hour. <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? Um, if I listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth, I can tell what's in your heart. People will tell on, you, on themselves all the time. They'll tell you what's in their heart. They can fake it for so long, but what's really there is going to come out. All right, let, let's take a look at this. Um, Matthew chapter 12, real quick. Time is slipping away. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And let's look at verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by what? How do you know if it's an apple tree? Because it's an apple, right? What about, what about plums? His plums coming out. I'll give you a quick story. I used to, <laughs> I was a bad little Christian. Um, I used to steal uh, my neighbor's plums from his plum tree. That was a big thing in, in Arkansas. I was like, yo, let's go get some fruit. <laughs> and we would steal the fruit and we would pray for the fruit. What, what is that contradiction, right? You're stealing the fruit and yet you're praying to actually God to bless it. That was me. We're going to pray in tongues a little bit over this fruit. Lord, bless this fruit. God, I'm not sure don't Let's wash it and eat it. And God's like, boy. <laughs> oh, true story. Um, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the what? Abundance of the heart. What speaks? Okay, so the good person out of the good treasure of, brings forth good fruit. A fruit, good. The evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's see, how do things get in your heart? I'm glad you asked. Your eyes, your ears, and your mouth are gates into your heart. What you see, what you hear, and what you say 
goes directly into your heart. But then it works again, because what comes out of your heart, mouth is coming out of your heart. And what comes out of your heart, comes out of your mouth, comes, out, comes into your ears, and goes right back. God designed the cycle of, of, of getting stuff in your heart and getting it out. The importance, the reason why, one reason it's important that we confess our sins when we sin is because when we confess it, Jesus, our high priest, removes it from our lives. So your eyes, your ears, and your mouth causes you to have things in your heart. But how do I get the right stuff? That means I got to see the right stuff, I got to hear the right stuff, and I got to say the right stuff. One last scripture, Proverbs 4. We're going to have to pick this up next week. Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's take a look at this. Let's look at verse 20. <clears throat> my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sins. So we need to pay attention to God's words, and we need to glue our ears to, our, to his sins. How many ears do you have? How many mouths do you have? So you need to be slow to speak and quick to hear. You need to hear quite... You need to hear twice as much as you talk. And what we do, we do that in reverse. We talk as much as we, twice as much as we hear. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. This is solve marriages, relationships, parenting, workplace. If I talk less, it's, it's a whole lot less I have to repent from. The Bible says where there are not much, where there's much words, there's much transgression. So when we talk a lot, you talk too much and you never shut up. I'm sorry. All these songs are coming back. Listen, I haven't heard that song. Frank just got in the spirit. He was like, yeah. <laughs> Frank used to be a DJ. Uh, <laughs> he just, he was like, yo, problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, um, <laughs> we talk too much. Even in prayer, we talk too much. You talk too much. We got to learn how not to talk as much. There's more scriptures than ones of being quiet <laughs> than we like to admit. So if I don't talk a whole lot and I develop the skill of listening, I develop the art of listening, I can hear God better. I can grow my spirit. I can develop my spirit better. Meditation will be something easy because if I'm doing all the talking, then it's really not a relationship. Sometimes people hijack other people's sentences. They hijack the, the conversation. You're trying to say something, like, you know, about to say something. Oh, yeah, you know, and they fill in the blank. And purposely, I go to a different direction. <laughs> like, why you, you know, me and my wife, I used to, you know, she about to, she pause a little bit, and I'll and I say, oh, yeah, you're saying this. Why don't you just be quiet? Let me finish my thoughts. How many have been guilty of hijacking other people? Oh, y'all going to heaven. <laughs> okay, Proverbs 4. Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sin. Let them not escape from your what? Your sight. So your eyes are important. 
How many know that you, a lot of times you don't forget what you saw? If you see things, it's hard to erase that from your, your, your mind. Things I saw, I saw when I was a kid, I think about. I'm like, why did I see that? Um, pictures, movies, uh, things that you, 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 you expose yourself to. Scary movies. Uh, you know, like some people are scared of it, you know, the, the clown. And they, they, to this day, they hate clowns. <laughs> I mean, you got you to gotta guard your sight. It's important. Lord, set a guard over my eyes. I don't want to see stuff. Because that stuff will stay in me. And sometimes it's hard to get it out. Um, let them not escape from your sight, but keep them within your heart. For they are what? Life to those who find them. And what? Healing, or Hebrews, medicine to their, all their flesh. If you'll listen to the word of God, the word of God has enough power in it. It'll act like medicine to your body. I'm telling you, I go to bed sometimes listening to healing scriptures. Why? Because I'm contending for Christ the healer in my life. There is an onslaught fight against our physical bodies. I never thought that Christ the healer needed to be so important to me than I did have in the last five years. I found myself yesterday in the ER. The enemy came. Listen, God told, spoke to me about a month ago. He says, the enemy is going to come and try to take your life. Oh, oh that's, that's the devil. Uh, I didn't think about that. I didn't tell my wife or anything. And so I was like, mm, whatever. Let me just keep working. And a month ago, after that word was spoken, I went to work. I was taking an antibiotic for a sinus infection. And my ear was the sides of my, the side of my face. And I didn't see it. I just knew I couldn't breathe. I got to work, and they said, sit down. You got to go to the ER right now. So they said, which hospital you want to go to? They said, I, I remember them said, don't go to Beth Israel. That's Delph, right? <laughs> but they didn't tell me about Universal. <laughs> Christina, they didn't tell me about Universal. And I said, university. They sound like it's, it's good. I went to university. I almost died in university. Mexico hospital was better than universal. Jamaica universe, uh, uh, hospital was better. And Uganda's hospital was a whole lot better than universal. And they were ghetto. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And my wife's like, I'm going to rip them. I'm going to rip them. Oh, I'm going to write a survey. Oh. <laughs> she was like, I had to calm her down. I'm sick. I was like, calm down. It's OK. <laughs> um, so that was about a month, some change. So yesterday, I'm, I'm playing baby day, daycare. Wife is away. I'm like, oh, first weekend I haven't had off in five weeks. So I'm like, oh, let's do this. We're going to Sesame Place. Oh, we're going to do this. All of a sudden, I, like, oh, I can't breathe. Oh, God, I can't breathe. I said, Holy Spirit, what should I do? Go to the hospital. What? No, I don't want to go to the hospital. ER, oh, no. So what I did is, I got my two bags. I packed my computer, my Bible. I like, I'm gonna stay for like eight hours, right? And I got in and got out real quick. It was just an attack. Um, the weather changed and some things happened in my, my lungs. And the only thing I can remember is by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. 
by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And, 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 and I'm telling you that you have to p- fight for, the, the enemy will try to attack you through your finances or through your body or both. And then sometimes he'll, he'll use your relationships and attack. So you got to have, sometimes he'll steal your car. I mean, you got, you got to fight. This is a content, contending for the faith, fighting the good fight of faith. We got to fight for what we believe for because the enemy is going to test us on everything that we believe. If you believe that Jesus is a healer, he's going to test you in that area. If you believe that Jesus is a protector, he's going to test you on that area. If you believe that Jesus is a provider, he's going to test you in the area of finances. So you got to, if you believe that Jesus will protect your children, you have to fight for the fact that Jesus is a, is a fence over your children. Amen. For their life. Verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance or diligence. For from it flow the spirit springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I'm going to stop there. Guard your heart because it controls the mouth which controls your life, according to James chapter 3. You You should not let the word of God depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night. We're going to stop there. So the application to this word is decide what you need or want from God, one. Decide what you need or want from God. Two, find scriptures to cover your case. Find scriptures to cover your case. And three, meditate on those scriptures. Three applications. Decide what you want or need from God. Two, find scriptures to cover your case. Three, meditate on those scriptures. Meditate on those scriptures. And I'm telling you, you'll grow faster in meditation than you would praying and fasting, spiritually speaking. You will, go fa- you will grow faster, spiritually speaking, if you learn how to meditate. I've prayed and I've fasted. I can show you video. I can show you pictures. Well, I used to fast twice a week, every Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I've prayed more than anybody probably in this room, unless you're older than I am. <laughs> I've prayed. I've prayed. I would go to my church in Oklahoma like four days a week and pray all night. And then work the next morning and pray at work. Prayer and fastings, fasting are important. Meditation of the scripture, I would say, is higher. Meditation of the scripture will cause you to grow faster than prayer and fasting will ever will. That doesn't mean to stop praying. doesn't mean stop fasting. <laughs> oh, I'm going to meditate. I ain't going to fast and pray. <laughs> Don't do that. You need the prayer and you need the fasting. But you learn how to meditate, you'll go further in your walk with Christ. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I praise you. Holy Spirit, bring to remembrance this word this week. May they look to the scriptures for the answers that they need. May they learn how to meditate. Holy Spirit, teach us all how to meditate that we may grow 
and live according to that word which we meditate on. In Jesus' name. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.